this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Hey, it's a Friday podcast. I'm really excited because stew's on it. Glenn, by the way, we should point out for breakfast had horse feed. (laughs) It was oatmeal. They feed it to horses. It was oatmeal. (laughs) For breakfast, weirdo. We get into the horse dewormer thing with Sanjay Gupta. This guy, well, goes on Joe Rogan because he wants to sell, I don't know, if it's a book or socks or I have no idea. He goes on because nobody's watching CNN. And he actually is like, yeah, we shouldn't have said that. We shouldn't have. I don't know why they said that. Did they really say that? Oh, wait until you hear the montage of it. Yeah, they really said it. Bill O'Reilly is amazing today and talks to you about the real theft of the election. I think he's right on this. Uh, we, and I know, I know, it's a first. It's a first. And he probably eats oatmeal too. Horse food for breakfast. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, some good news. If anybody has been waiting, McDonald's are they're finally releasing the McPlant burger, which it's coming here too. By the way, to our right in our neighborhood in Texas is, is one of the it? test markets. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this if this isn't a, uh, taste I think test, you need to taste it. I'm looking at the picture. You know how pictures always they always look better than right. what you right. Yeah. Okay. I want to show you the picture of the McPlant burger. Wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look like anything I would put in my mouth ever. It's also a terrible name, isn't it? Oh, McPlant? I, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, say what you want about it, but like the Impossible Burger, it's kind of a good it's name. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a good name. The McPlant? The McPlant? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. You want to uh-uh. for, the whole point of these things is you're supposed to forget you're eating plants. Right. Exactly <laughs> <Okay>. right. <laughs> oh, this looks good. So anyway, we got Comes that. Comes out November, by the way, and it is coming right to our neighborhood, so we can taste test it on the air. Now, can I ask you? No. Well, <laughs> you can't do a... I can't. Oh, no. I can't. No. You can't. No, I can't. No, you could. Strict we could get you. Di- no, no. Strict, strict diet. diet. The doctor has been saying too much plant in your... Uh, really? Yeah. And he was specific. I said, is that like lettuce? He said, plant. 
plant. We should also point out that your doctor is also uh, the one saying, don't have normal ivermectin, have the horse dewormer. (laughs) (laughs) And so by the way, rat poison should work well for you too. No, he's not one of those. Okay. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let me, let me go there for a second. Did you hear um, on Joe Rogan, Sanjay Gupta comes on and we have that cut, please. Here's Sanjay Gupta on Joe Rogan. It was a tweet, and it was snarky. I admit it. They said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Stop taking this stuff, or something like that. Why would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people, a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel the, Prize. The Nobel Prize in 2015. Yeah. yeah. No, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro. You know that, right? I, I, Why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just lie. a lie. I don't think anyone is th- <laughs> but don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? Do you think I want that to, that's a problem that your news network it was not, lies? Well, I don't. I don't. Th- Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what did they and they said I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch horse. of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human. Pill because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease. Does it bother you that the news network you work for, <laughs> out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I didn't think that was did, your, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with podcast. such glee. No, Yes, I did. I watched. You, you know what he said? Did you hear what he just said? I shouldn't have asked before. I should have asked before I came to do this podcast. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. Not I should have asked. I should have asked before I came to do this podcast. Here he is with Don Lemon after that interview. He He did say something about ivermectin that I think wasn't actually correct about CNN and lying, okay? Ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. So yes. it is not a lie to say that the drug is used as a horse oh dewormer. Oh my gosh, listen to this. I, I, I think that's important, and it is not approved for COVID. Correct? That's right. That's correct. It, it, it is not approved for COVID, and... You're right. I mean, the FDA even put out a, a statement saying, you know, basically reminding people it was a strange sort of message from the FDA, but that said, you're not a horse, you're not a cow, stop taking this stuff, is essentially what they said, referring to ivermectin. Now, I think what, what Joe's point that is... That has been approved for humans, and, but not necessarily for COVID, right? Yeah. That's correct. It's been, it's been used for a parasitic disease for something It's called river blindness, and it's been very effective for that. But, you know, just because it works for one thing doesn't mean it works for something else. Oh, my else. gosh. And, you know, there's still there a are few studies that show this helps around ivermectin. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, if you look, there's disagreement on, mean, on whether it actually is effective. Yeah, on but, COVID, but I mean, the guy still. Oh, my gosh. OK, so here's the good news. CNN is so worthless right now. Nobody is watching this that Sanjay Gupta to to uh, schlep his books and stuff has to go onto a podcast. I told you this maybe four years ago. Do you remember the day that uh, Joe Rogan had Elon Musk on Mm -hmm. and the stock went down 
right? Because <laughs> he, he smoked pot, pot on the air. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I remember that day because I, I, in a commercial break, I turn on CNN and I hear them talking about it and they're like, who's Joe Rogan? Oh, who's Joe Rogan? And I thought to myself, the number one podcast, a guy who is sweeping the nation, they don't even know it. They have no clue as to how buried they are. And I said on that day, it's over. Podcasts are now leading the way. Here they are. They have to go on to Joe Rogan to schlep a book and take that kind of accurate abuse. <laughs> um, and then then he goes back with his tail between his legs and he's like, well, no, I mean, it is a dewormer. It is a dewormer. Yes, for horses, not for people. Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. And look what they're doing. Yeah. These, I mean, these I, people are amazing. And, and what, what Lemon is trying to do here is change, move, you know, move the goalposts, right? It, you know, it, right. it, it's, it, yes, it could be used and, and it is used for uh, livestock. That's, that's well known. However... It is also something we require every single person who comes here as a refugee to take. We require it for them to come in the country because of what it does to parasitic disease. Now, there is a disagreement about whether it is effective against COVID. A lot of doctors don't think it is. Some do. But the but that's not what wrote, that's not what the standard was no. to say he was taking horse dewormer in some really uh, outrageous way. Yep is to to try to move the goalpost to something else it's like it's like honestly honestly it's it's like saying why are you eating uh food that bunnies eat no it's a mcplant it's bunny food now you can make that point that bunnies do eat i think i don't know i have no idea if there's actually any plant in the mcplant but you could say it's bunny's food and get away with it and it'd be accurate. But that's not what the McPlant is. Right. I mean, it would be in my life. Would be in my life. I would like be looking for a bunny. What are there? Bunnies around here? Yeah, throw it out in the throw it out in the backyard, see if we can attract some bunnies. But that's what they're doing with Ivermectin. Yes, it does do that as well. But it's a people medicine. Again, this is Don Lemon. This is a quote from Don Lemon talking about Joe Rogan. Quote, he is taking several medications, including a drug meant for deworming livestock. Not true. Gosh, listen to now, that. That is absolutely a lie. It is not meant for, dis for deworming livestock. It can be used. It can be used in that way, but yes. that's not what it's meant for. Unbelievable. It, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, some of the chirons here. Uh, Joe Rokin says he has COVID taking livestock drug despite warnings. Unbelievable. Uh, Joe Rogan announces he has COVID is taking horse dewormer ivermectin. Now, look, it is a it can be used for that. So maybe technically it's not a libelous situation, though the quote, he is taking is. several medications, including a drug meant for deworming livestock. That's ivermectin should be suing for that one. Yeah, because that's not <laughs> yeah. only what it's meant for. Right. I mean, it's just it's so hypocritical. They got caught in this. This is so great. And this uh, is so great. Do you know, you know, you mm -hmm. have really good interactions with people. You have 100 good interactions with people and they lie to you one time. Do you trust them again? 
it's hard, right? Right. You shouldn't, right? Yeah. That's, that you, 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 you trust betray, is earned. Correct. And you betray it. One, you could have 100 things that you have done and it's been accurate. You lie to somebody one time and they may not turn away from you. They may not dismiss, but they will question. Now, if you have told 100 things that are true and 100 things that are lies, you have no chance. I mean, they do report the truth occasionally. They must stumble onto it. Okay. Hey, it's President Joe Biden. Accurate. And he's here to save the country. Lie. You know what I mean? So they have no credibility. That's why no one is watching them anymore. This is great news. This is the end of. Gosh. Do you remember when we left? What did I say? Uh, almost every day the year before we left Fox and CNN, Stu. Remember, every day I would say, uh, uh, every day I would say, we got to get out of here. These these companies <laughs> are what? Going to burn themselves to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Every time. And uh, look at, here it is. They're gone. They're gone. They have no credibility. And even some of the networks, like Fox, Fox doesn't have the credibility it used to. Tucker Carlson does. Tucker Carlson does. But when I was there, the network had the credibility and the individuals also had their own credibility. But Fox, with the audience, had an umbrella that it could pretty much do no wrong. That, that umbrella doesn't exist anymore. Now it is the personalities that are there. And look, I, I don't know. CNN is it going to burn itself to the ground? If it if it if something burns itself to the ground, but no one is around to see the flames, does it, it actually does burn? It actually, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't I don't know. know. I absolutely love this. Uh, so the Netflix CEO Ted Sarandos uh, has doubled down on the defense of Dave Chappelle. Now I'm sure this has nothing to do with the hundred and forty million dollars that they paid Dave Chappelle to make these specials. Okay. Sure, it has nothing to do with that. I'm sure it has nothing to do with how wildly popular those specials are. But they came out because there's a lot of people, uh, the transgender employees at Facebook uh, and the activists have come out and they are they're walking off the job. They're saying, I'm not going to I'm not giving my money to to Netflix anymore. And uh, wow, Ted Sarandos has taken a hard stand out of the goodness of his heart. And he believes in, you know, freedom of speech and all of that. And uh, he said the activist claims that Chappelle's humor was the equivalent of real world harm is false. I recognize that distinguishing between commentary and harm is hard, especially with stand-up comedy, which exists to push the boundaries. Some people find the art of stand-up to be mean-spirited, but our members enjoy it, and it's an important part of our content offering. Is it? Is it really? Or do you just know you're on the losing side of this, and your programming is really starting to suck, and you just spent $140 million on it. That's what it is. Because I can guarantee you, they're not going to put Steven Crowder on. They would <laughs> never no. say that about any comedian that 
you know, was an up and coming guy. And it's also not even true by their own actions. I mean, I would agree with what he said, right? Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I like would. 100% I would. the standard should be yes. for comedians can basically go wherever they want to go yep. and they should have real. I mean, look, yeah. commentary. Should, everyone should every, have everyone this. Everyone should have it. But really, there's a, a wider yes, birth, if like, anything, for comedy. Correct. Right? It's supposed to be correct. challenging in that way. Yeah. But like, they did a show a few years ago called uh, With Bob and David, which is a sketch comedy yeah, show. Yeah. It was I love that. basically an extra few episodes of the, you know, the one of the greatest uh, sketch comedy shows of all time called Mr. Show with Bob and David, which was an HBO show. Really good. Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Correct. And they did a, uh, an episode of that show where they have like, it's kind of like a mock of like, you know, the, the libertarian uh, thing where you're like, everyone's, you're going through like a police checkpoint yeah. and you're filming yourself and like right, talking right, to right, the, right, the right. camera. You don't have to give them your license. You right. know, it was like one of those type of things. Yeah. And at the end of the sketch, David Cross, who's incredibly liberal, by the way, like, like one of the most like, liberal people in the world, like uh, like right. going on stage in his in his in Texas uh, on his uh, on his own personal comedy tour, blasting seriously like no funny stuff. Yeah. Like if you voted for Trump or if you're, you know, if you're a <laughs> yes. Texan, get out of here. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> way over the edge. Yeah, he did an entire uh tour i believe just yeah. basically bashing trump was yeah. the entire thing right at the end of this sketch he is trying to prove something about race right right where he shows that the cops always come after people uh, black people and he does it in blackface they deleted the sketch from the show the entire sketch it's actually making a liberal point and they deleted the sketch from netflix so, did you see the Dave Chappelle special? Yes, yet? I did. Okay, I mean it's filthy awful. <laughs> some it's of it is filthy, amazingly awful. I mean, good, but yes, yeah, some of it is amazingly filthy awful. Like I can't believe anyone's <laughs> ever thought that, let alone said those words. That's right. Um, but it is incredibly heartwarming at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. the The story he tells about transgender, his transgender friend, is like. It will bring you to tears. It's so beautiful. It is amazing. And, and yet, nope, nope, not good enough. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Irish, he's probably stumbling in drunk. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Hello, Bill. Well, that's nice, Beck. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to have to um, woke you. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Oh, boy. BillOReilly.com attacking yeah. the Irish. Oh, there it is. Yeah, totally yeah. unacceptable. I'm offended. Yes, but I'm um, the elite, so I can get away with it, Mr. O'Reilly. Well, we're going to have to have a petition and uh, we'll perhaps come to your house and burn it down. Okay. All right. All right. Is that what the petition does? Um, all right, Bill, what was the big story of the week? Mark Zuckerberg, which is not being reported. Mark Zuckerberg. This is huge. Mark Zuckerberg spent four hundred and twenty oh, yeah. million dollars mm -hmm. trying to influence the 2020 election, and he was successful. And you cannot find this story being reported. This is so important and so scandalous. 
I can't believe it. So tell me so the story, because I read the story, and okay, I, I and, never and, got to it on, on air. But tell me your... I understand, I understand, Beck. You're very busy. and But if you watch me on the No Spin News every night, that, that really, is your key. I hire people to do that. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so let's walk through it. There are laws in every single state against electioneering at polling places. That means when you go to vote to a polling place, there can't be somebody there screaming at you to vote for a certain person Correct. or giving you advice or giving you a hot dog or anything. <laughs> right, right. Okay? Mm -hmm. That is against the law. But if you have a mail-in ballot, there are no restrictions for someone coming to your house and actually filling out the ballot for you. It's crazy. Putting it in the envelope, taking it with them. Right. It's called bundling. Mm -hmm. All right. And bringing it to the polling place in your county. So this number one, that's where you start. That's why the left wants the mail-in ballots universal. Because there's no limitations on possible corruption. Do we all understand? Yep. Do Stu understand? Is he still awake? No, he's, uh, he, he, he oh, fell he's asleep the minute out. I said Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> okay. Enter Mark Zuckerberg, the major domo at Facebook. Zuckerberg and his wife donated a colossal $420 million to two nonprofits. Mm -hmm. They are. The Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR. So they get this money, and it's all legal. Now, these nonprofits say they're nonpartisan, which is a lie. They are far left people. And what they do is hire vote navigators. Ooh, I like Let me repeat. These two organizations hire vote navigators who are paid very well. In the last election, Trump versus Biden, you'll all remember that. All right. These vote navigators operated in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Virginia. Wow. <laughs> Those were the states targeted by these two nonprofits using $420 million to pay the vote navigators. What do the navigators do? Quote, they assist voters potentially going to their front doors to answer questions and assist in ballot curing and witness absentee ballot signatures. Oh, my gosh. Okay. First That's of all, what's ballot do. curing? What, what, wait, wait, what's the definition of ballot curing? All right, I'll get to that. All right. But the quote I just read you comes from the two nonpartisans. They admit it. They send people out to houses to show you who to vote for. Ballot curing is if you make a mistake on a mail-in ballot, they correct the mistake. Oh, my gosh. So your ballot is not thrown out. Go ahead, Stu. Hey, and that's not necessarily always a bad thing, right? Like it's the idea if you make a mistake, 
the government can come and say, hey, like you made this mistake. You returned it in two weeks early. You have plenty of time to fix it. Do you want to fix it? If it's a nonpartisan thing, yeah, Yeah. it's not bad. Ballot curing isn't necessarily always horrible. But if they're doing it this way, where you're sending partisan people out to do it. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. Shut up, Stu. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the boat navigators, of all of them, only one county, only one out of all of those states went for Trump. Every other county where the vote navigators navigated shockingly went for Biden in a huge way, which threw the vote count to Biden in very closely contested states like Arizona, like Georgia, like Wisconsin. I'm sorry, I don't think I mentioned Wisconsin in that crew. Mm -hmm. They were in there as well. Those were all the states where there were questions. Where the vote navigators run by these two organizations showed up. Okay, so O'Reilly takes this story and runs with it last night. And... After that, I got on a plane, and I went to Mar-a-Lago, and I interviewed Trump. And if you want to see a little bit of it, I posted already on BillOReilly.com. Okay, that'll run on Monday night on the No Spin News and all of our other affiliates. Okay, I asked Trump about this. Okay, I said, are you aware of this? And he was. Okay, and he said, well, Zuckerberg broke the law. And I said, no, he didn't. He can do this. But every state has to understand what he did and pass laws against it, just like the electioneering laws at the polling places. Now, that's a fascinating discussion. But here's the kicker. Trump had Giuliani and Sidney Powell and all these other people, the pillow guy, everybody run around screaming about the Dominion voting machines, the dead people voting, the illegal aliens voting, screaming, 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 screaming. All right? And still to this day, millions of Americans believe that was the fraud. It was not. There was some of that, but not to the extent of this. This was the voter fraud. Navigators going to the homes of mostly poor mostly out-of-it people, and telling them to vote for Biden. And actually filling out the ballots for them, and then taking the ballots. And Zuckerberg financed it. Do we all get this? Are we all getting it? Because you're not going to hear it on the corrupt corporate media. This was the fraud. Now, after I explained it to Donald Trump... And that's a very good exchange that you're going to want to watch. Is that Monday the clip? Night. Is that the clip? Uh, no, I'm okay. saving that clip. Well, I, I, got, I got buku clips. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, about Afghanistan, about Biden, okay. about Millie, you name it. But anyway, this story is so important and so powerful. But I will tell you, most Americans are never even going to hear it. Which is why we are now living in red China, because the information flow is cut off. Even the morons on Fox News aren't going to cover this because they're not smart enough to get it. Hmm. I'm surprised I I missed this, um, Bill. I saw this story and I was so tired of hearing about 
Zuckerberg yeah, and all of this stuff that I just passed it. Thank you for bringing this to my attention and to well, America's attention. Beck, I have to say this. I'm giving you a pass on it because you're a genius for putting me on your program every week. <laughs> so that's the counterbalance. Right. Okay. <laughs> and all I get is shut up. Yeah. I mean, geez. and I think that was well-deserved. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Sarah Teske, she uh, is retired U.S. Marine Corps. She is an advisor for the Human First Coalition. It's a, a group of people that are really doing some good work in Afghanistan uh, and helping people. They have already taken out, I think, about 800. Well, let Sarah, Sarah tell you. Uh, hi, Sarah. How are you? Really good. Good morning, Glenn. Um, I, I, first of all, thank you for everything you guys are doing in Afghanistan. You're really making a difference. Well, and so are you and your team. Thank you for all you've done. You're welcome. So you have... Uh, about 800 American citizens that you have taken out, right? Uh, we have actually taken out to date over 1,200 Americans excellent. and 6,700 other individuals. 6,700. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, so tell me about um, the, the Joe Biden Afghan interpreter. What happened? How did he get out? Well, first of all, we didn't want to steal him from you. <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. <laughs> we were worried about him because we had put him we had put him up and then he just ghosted us. And the emails are all like, where, where did he go? Is he OK? <laughs> that's how, that's how it's Marines work. Yeah, but, um, I received a concern concerning email that his handler was frustrated and just really struggling with bringing him to safety. And yeah. for us, it's all about human life. I yeah. honestly, in my, in full transparency, when I reviewed the case, him being, you know, president Biden's interpreter, I never foresaw this garnishing so much media attention Yeah. in the larger portfolio. It was such a footnote to such a greater story. I agree. And for us, it's about saving human lives. Mm -hmm. So when I got the case and saw that he had such a large family and children and the threat he was under, we pushed it up through our movement team and were able to move him immediately and get him out of country and bring him to safety. And um, then the media and everything started to uh, learn about this information. We've, we've predominantly stayed out of the media to focus just on the rescue. Sure. And I felt it was important though, to engage with people like yourself and others to tell our story because we have to be the voice of so many who are still in country who still need to be saved. It and is, I, it is shameful the way the media has just moved on. They've just moved on. And there are so many people. I mean, I don't know about your safe houses, but ours are still full up. We're still in there actively trying to get people out. And planes are flying out every day with, with people on from the Nazarene Fund. I'm sure you're doing the same thing. We are. We have over 3,000 people still in safe houses. Jeez. And it's getting worse and worse. There was a bombing in Kabul just a little while ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's getting worse and worse there. It is. There, there are definitely, it's a very complex operational environment and the intricacy and danger of the rescue missions 
on through transitioning them into lily pads and third world nations is especially challenging with the legalities and the hurdles um, just bureaucracy uh-huh. that we have to that we have to seemingly navigate to yeah. help these people not only get out and bring them to safety, but then build a life and future for them. So something that's really important to us, and I know you and your organization share the same viewpoint, is we don't want to pull them out and dump them. So yeah. for that, me, that doesn't, been, that doesn't help. That only causes more problems elsewhere. Absolutely. So I say this all the time in the work I've done for 15 years in anti-human trafficking. The rescue is sexy. Everybody yeah, wants to be exactly part of saving right. lives. Nobody wants to roll up their sleeves and restore innocence, restore lives, help them start a new life outside of their former nation and yeah. country. And these people have left with nothing, Glenn. And it is our responsibility if we move them and take them, that we give them an opportunity not only to succeed for themselves, but that we're also not putting a burden on other socioeconomic cultures. Yes. Where we leave them. I mean, we, so, I mean, even here in America, they shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't just be dumped onto our streets. That's that's unfair. It's it's inhuman. In it's not humane to do this. No, so it's not. so, Sarah, I have a really bad feeling. I, I talked about this the other day. Um, you know, you talked about the lily pad com- countries. I mean, I personally talked to leaders of state that's and they were like. You got to get these people out of here. We're taking so many. We're taking more than we promised. And I'm like, I know, I know. We have countries that will take them. So they won't be there long. We'll start moving them. Well, the State Department has sabotaged almost all of our relationships with uh, other countries. And we're trying now to get them out anywhere um, and having a hard time. And I thought... Gee, I wonder if in the end, uh, after the State Department has made it so impossible to get them anyplace else, I wonder if at the end they all are just moved here to the United States. Wouldn't that be remarkable? Wouldn't it be remarkable? (laughs) So remarkable. Yeah. And uh, seems kind of like what what might happen, doesn't it? Is it just me? I hope so. here's to hoping I'm not going to lose faith. I I tell my team all the time. You never can lose hope. You never can lose faith because we are their light and we are their only light of hope. And we must continue to shine for them. It's critical because we are all they have in these dark hours. I will tell you the ones that we have moved and I know you're the same. I mean, we vet, we vet, 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 vet. Um, And it's not like, you know, the United States government that put, five guys on that were going to take over the C-17. Did you read about that? I mean, how did these guys even get on board the plane? You know, I I mean, it's crazy. And I, I wonder about all these people. Uh, I know our people. I don't know everybody else's people. And that's a lot of people that would be coming to the United States a lot. Yes. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Within our organization, the, the majority of us are either, um, prior serving government or military members. So with that came a lot of incredible and strong relationships. Yes. And we have been able to leverage those to actually vet every single person we take out through the state department and through DOD. Right. So we are doing that not only on the back end with the United States of America, but we are also doing that in the accepting nations through their foreign ministers of travel and um, their foreign ministers of, um, Affairs. Yes. So for us, it is critical as individuals who have served 
to make sure we're doing this right and above bar and not just taking anybody and everyone who wants a flight out. Yeah. And to me, that's the, the other piece to this. We have so many organizations that are well-intentioned, but, but are lacking the experience in this operational environment mm-hmm. and don't understand the complexity of mass meal operations. And to me, I would like to see a greater unification of efforts and, and, and understanding people's strengths and weaknesses so we can lessen, lessen the load for some and also increases, increase the resources for others who are, are doing it right. You know, I, I hope and, and please feel free. I know we're on the air, but I don't have any fear of, you know, if you have something that that we should be aware of, please tell us. I, I know that we've tried to do that. You know, one of the things that we have, we had access to airplanes and access to cash. We didn't necessarily, especially at the beginning, have access to people on the ground. And I really at the time I was like, this is this is great because other people have people on the ground and they don't have access to the airplane or the money. Let's work together. And I, I think that's really, really good. Um, is there is there anything that we're doing that you see and you'd be like, I wish you guys would do this more or wish you guys would stop doing this? Absolutely not, Glenn. Your organization and Human First have actually been working together, unbeknownst to probably a lot of people for a long time. And it's been our absolute honor and privilege to do so. Uh, you have so many remarkable heroes and individuals who have been doing extraordinary work. I, I in, agree in with this. And we have over 100 ground team security forces. Wow. So we were really able to support you in that regard. And you were really able to support us with the, the lift, with the planes. So it has been a beautiful synergy. And, and I think in, in all the negative, I think we have to sometimes look at the silver lining. And I think we have to see through this how this entire effort, the bigger picture, underscores the beauty of humanity mm-hmm. and the power and efficiency of public and private partnerships. Uh-huh. And I understand there's been a lot of popularity in, in hitting on that this is about the veterans who served in Afghanistan. But I have seen church groups, NGOs, elected officials, veterans currently serving members, along with corporations uh, I, and foreign um, entities yeah. come together from 8,000 miles away virtually yep. all in the name of saving human lives. I mean, and that beautiful, beautiful tapestry is, is just something incredible that has been woven in l- literally two months time, which when, is really beautiful. When you have a talk radio host, rodeo clown and the prime minister of Pakistan, finding a bridge to help that's remarkable i mean that's just it's remarkable yeah we've uh, and we talk about i mean there's a lot of bad at least that i have to say about the state department but i have to tell you i've also seen state department people that are working currently in the state department bust their ass to do the right thing agreed 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 it's it's remarkable i have literally had people in state department call me and say can we just pray over you and your team can Mm -hmm. we just um pray for all the incredible work you're doing and we hope it gets better so again i tell i I always say this everyone teases me because i must save it 300 times a day unlimited grace folks unlimited grace we are we are working through an unprecedented situation in unprecedented times and unless you have walked what these Afghan allies and refugees have walked. 
unlimited grace because no one, unless they've lived through it, can understand the uncertainty and fear that they themselves are enduring at this very moment. I, I just did an interview with um, a family that was brought here to the United States that we, we got out and uh, and we worked with so many partners on it. I know I hate when I say we got them out. I don't mean it that way. We all work together on it. Um, but uh, uh, they were here to tell their story. And I have to tell you, it, it is... <sighs> I don't think Americans can even imagine what it's like to be a woman that was walking down the street when the Taliban rolled into town. I mean, it's just no, no, it's, it's remarkable. It, it is. And I think what I think the human side of this is remarkable. So our we have handlers and individuals, as I'm sure you do, that talk to these families, to to the father's to the mothers, to the children every day. Yeah. And that beauty, that, that deep-seated relationship, that trust that has been built over phones is one of the most extraordinary experiences and journeys yeah. I've ever been on in 25 years of, of being serving this nation. And um, recently I was in D.C. I had the honor of, of addressing several members of Congress. And while I was there, I, I had the unique pleasure of meeting the nephew of a family we had just rescued and to see him play with my kids and hug me oh. and cry together and the power, we had been walking this together since before the withdrawal. And we were able to bring their, their family to safety a, a couple weeks ago. And just the relief of knowing his family was finally safe and the ability of us to work together to make that happen is something that is even difficult to describe. The power of that, the power of saving human lives is is beautiful. And I think on the other end of that, though, is also the pressure, because every single time we move, we, we talk about the rescue all the time, but to get there, you know, navigating, you know, our, our allies, the language barriers, the fear, it's moving crazy. them through checkpoints, and every single moment of these sometimes 24-hour long journeys, wondering did I make the right decision to move this one? Oh my gosh, Sarah, I can't tell you. I, I don't know how you do it. I had to stop. I had to stop because I was getting involved in seeing the movements and stuff. And, you know, you wouldn't get the call or what something would happen. And you'd be like, oh my God, did I make the wrong decision here? Did I just get somebody right. killed? It is terrifying. Terrifying. It is, definitely. And it's, Sarah, it's some days emotionally depleting. Yeah, it is. Uh, Sarah, I can't thank you enough. Uh, and uh, I hope we get a chance to meet sometime and and uh, and just hear about all the success stories that you and Human First Coalition have done. You're, you're remarkable people. Thank you so much. Well, it's an honor. Thank you for all you and your team have done. And I think it's just important to remember that we're not just saving human lives. We are truly changing the trajectory of history for generations to come. It's and that's what keeps me going. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Um, by the way, if you want to make a donation, um, this is a really good group of people. Um, it's humanfirstcoalition.org. Humanfirstcoalition.org. They're one of the partners uh, that we work with at uh, the Nazarene Fund. Really, really good people. You can follow them on Twitter at humanfirstafg, as in Afghanistan. Da, da, da.